Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I'm J. Will Zubin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Look at that shot, a beautiful shot of the bridge. East River, sun rising here in New York City. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott. We are joined by Mike Tannenbaum as well for this hour. Chris Kenny going to join us a little bit later on. Jay Will, we wish him the best. He and his wife, of course, Nikki, expecting their first child. So Jay Will off a little bit. Keyshawn's going to be back with us next week. So we look forward to that certainly as well. But we'll hold it down here, guys, for uh, the rest of this week. And obviously for today, the draft is, is, is it three weeks away. I'm, I'm, it feels like the closer I feel like it's coming, the further away it feels. But it's getting there. And the conversation with the draft continues as now we know, we've always known number one, Trevor Lawrence. Now we know after the Jets move, moving Sam Darnold to Carolina, that number two, they're taking a quarterback and most likely it'll be Zach Wilson. Number three, the 49ers moved up, and the, of course, they're looking to take a quarterback. And now, guys, Adam Schefter is reporting that the, the, um, Atlanta the number Falcons. four, Atlanta Falcons, thank you, are receiving calls and taking offers for the number four overall pick. So while all along, guys, it has been the thought that this is going to be out of four quarterbacks in the first four picks, Chris Mortensen on SportsCenter yesterday said, it might not be a quarterback. Take a listen. I would say that the object of team's desire are really most likely, and based off what I've heard, is Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. This is a guy who a lot of people have rated one or two or three on their overall draft board, although I will note draft boards are not final and set yet. But Kyle Pitts is a very attractive, unique player. Uh, it's ironic that it's the Falcons because uh, it's a strong belief that the two of the players they're considering there are, in fact, Trey Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback, and Kyle Pitts, the Florida tight end. All right, this is Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So, so Mike, let me go to you first on, on this one because this has been such a heavy conversation about quarterbacks, but everybody has really been excited about Kyle Pitts as the non-quarterback, maybe the best non-quarterback player available in this draft. If you were a GM and you had a chance to move up, what would be your target at number four? Well, really, you know, the context is everything, guys. But um, if I was Atlanta, I'd sit there and I would take Trey Lance. And the reason for that is I think when it's all said and done over the next 10 years, I think Trey Lance has a chance to be really special because he has ideal measurables. He has ideal intangibles. He's been incredibly productive. He's thrown one interception in college. He's run for 166 yards at a championship game. And in my mind, he checks every box. So if I'm the Falcons, I don't trade out. I take Trey Lance and build my future around him. With that said, if we're evaluating the non-quarterbacks, Kyle Pitts is certainly in that conversation for the best player. He's a tremendous mismatch. And Alan, you know, you know, some linebackers like aren't great in space. Some linebackers are better in a phone booth. I'm not sure who, but when you put Kyle Pitts in space, he is a brutal mismatch for most linebackers. So he really is a very unique player, and I can see why there's a ton of interest in him. Bart? Well, for me, um, if I'm the Falcons, you know, when you think about it, sometimes fat pigs get slaughtered, right? And they can get greedy and try and get cute and try and move back if, you know, you think about if you think that you want pitch and you know, or if you, if you believe that, you know, because they have to replace Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is coming closer to the end of his career, um, and they have to make a decision. He has a huge cap number this year. And they have to get a replacement. So it has to be Trey Lance. But if somebody's saying, hey, I'm moving up 
for Pitts, and I, I, I'm going to ensure you now, you got to have to have a tremendous amount of trust in the person that you're dealing with to say, hey, okay, if I move back, say it's, uh, say if it's uh, Cincinnati that wants to move up, or somebody wants to move up a couple spots, and you're like, hey, I still can get my guy. Mm-hmm. But for me, the best non-quarterback in this, in this draft is Sewell. Because you can plug and play him for 15 years. It's the safest pick. And sometimes somebody wants to hit a home run. There's nothing wrong with hitting a double and being able to build around that. You know, so when you think about picks, you know, it, I think it's all about you know, location, location, location. But if I'm Arthur Smith and I want to attach myself at the hip with somebody that's going to extend my future, it's going to be a guy like Trey Lance who can sit behind Matt Ryan, be able to be learn how to be a professional, learn how to prepare, and then be able to take over the job maybe late in the season if they're having a bad season or watch him go through his preparation and go against better competition, especially within that division when you have terrific time. You get to be on the other sideline, watch terrific time prepare, watch these two go at it head-to-head. So I don't get cute if I'm Atlanta. You're you're picking four for a reason. Make sure you don't pick four again for a very, very long time. Mike, I'm curious about this one because, as we know, the percentages tell you that the more quarterbacks that go in the top 10, there's that boom or bust factor, right? The percentages tell you if four go in the top 10, would you say two of them probably have the better to have a chance or most likely because of, again, what history tells us could be the bust factor and the longer, like the deeper you You go. So if you're taking the fourth quarterback, the fourth one available, that means there's three other teams don't see him as somebody that is the quarterback of the future. And if you have Matt Ryan at 35 years old, Maybe you want to just give it one more kick at the can and use the assets you can either to trade out and get some more picks and try to build and get yourself some pieces, or you go for something like a tight end or or or, or who else knows what else they would do there, or maybe even Sewell, to try to just give it one more shot. I'm, I just worry about the percentages when it comes to quarterbacks in the top ten because we've seen history has told us you're not going to go four for four. You're not going to get four franchise quarterbacks out of this. Yeah, Alan, no, a couple of thoughts come to mind. The quarterback position is a developmental position, and Trey Lance is going to take some time. I agree with Bart. You could win for today with Matt Ryan and develop for tomorrow with Trey Lance. How about this? The last five quarterbacks that were traded up into the top three were Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and RG3. Mm. Five for five, those quarterbacks are in the top three. And if the three of us owned a team and we said we could look at the history of our sport – and we can either take quarterbacks taken in the top three or everything else. You know, if we're talking about the top three, we talk about Troy Aikman. We talk, talk about Peyton Manning. And if we talked about everybody else, we talk about players like Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. There is a much more compelling argument about not drafting a quarterback in the top three. <laughs> when you look at the history of our sport, it's unbelievable when, when you look at it over time for every Andrew Luck and Vinny Testaverde and Peyton Manning, there's 10 examples of non-top three quarterbacks that have gone on to have incredible careers. And of those, the five that you named, name them again for me, the five that you just named. So, yeah, so in the, the last five quarterbacks to be traded up for the right. top three, right. Sam Darnold, right. no longer with the Jets, was, yeah. Mitch Trubisky, no longer with the Bears, Jared Goff, no longer with the Rams, Carson Wentz, no longer with the Eagles, and RG3, no longer with Washington. Yeah, the point that was the point yeah. is what do they all have in common? They didn't stay with their team, meaning yeah. they didn't turn into franchise yeah. quarterbacks. Well, for me, the draft starts at three, right? Because we assume that we know 
who the Jets are going to take and Zach Wilson. And I don't know if that's where I would go with it, but that's where they're deciding to you know hitch their wagon to. It starts at three because if, if you think about all the draft equity and future draft picks that San Francisco gave up, and if they did all of that to move up to get Mac Jones because he's able to overthrow his receivers in his pro day. Strong arm. And he's able to play for Nick Saban with three first-round draft picks you know, on the offensive side of the right, ball, when you think about and Waddle back. and a running back, yeah. and you think of a, a great offensive line, we don't know how what we don't know what he can do with bad personnel. And then I said that he's going to go to bad personnel with San Francisco, but eventually that team is going to get taken apart, and he's going to be the guy that you hope to be the answer for 15 years. Don't know if he can be that, Mike. Just a, f- a final thought on that one because, yeah, I, you know, that's that's what Bart's been yeah. saying all along. And I know that when you did your mock, you had Mac Jones pretty high. Yeah, no, I, I think Bart's points are completely fair that – he look, Mac Jones has been a great player, but he's had great players around him. I think their calculus is Kyle Shan, I took Matt Ryan to the Super Bowl. We should have beaten New England. And Mac Jones is a better version of Matt Ryan. He's a better version of Matt Schaub. These are quarterbacks I've won with. He's smart. Now, I do think Mac Jones is a better athlete than others. I've seen him play in person. He has good athleticism, not, not elite by any stretch. But the other thing about him that, to me, is remarkable is you can measure accuracy a lot of different ways with quarterbacks. He's created over 2,400 yards after catch yards. Now, look, I know they got great receivers, but <laughs> you have to be an accurate quarterback to be able to produce that sort of production after the catch. Well, it's, you know, it's, again, it's going to be something interesting to watch in this draft as it always is. All right, that was Straight Talk, Brett, by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. So you mentioned, Sam Donald, you mentioned all those players that were traded up for in the draft and how that's turned out over the last five are no longer with their team. So on that note, did the Jets make a mistake in trading Sam Donald? We'll discuss that coming up. After this, from DraftKings. All right, so it's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia, to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. Should be on the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code KJZ. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. You pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up some points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Download the DraftKings app now. Use code KJZ during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code KJZ. And you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Jets are trading quarterback Sam Darnold to the Panthers. So what does today's move mean for Carolina? What it means is that Sam Darnold is going to be their starting quarterback. They're going to pick up the fifth-year option. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. ESPN Radio. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, Mike Tannenbaum joining you this morning. Jay Will and his wife Nikki expecting their second child any day now, so we wish them the best. Keyshawn's going to be back with us on Monday. We certainly look forward to that as well, to get Key back in the building. But right now, we'll hold it down for you. And and as we were discussing something in the previous um, segment that Mike Tannenbaum wanted to continue talking about, because, again, there's so much quarterback talk in this offseason. There's so much quarterback movement already that we're seeing as well, and we're seeing a lot of young quarterbacks being discarded. And, Mike, you wanted to discuss – actually, before I do that, let me just put out the number, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, because we're going to play some Ask the GM Anything at the bottom of the hour. So if you want to get in line and get the call set up now, this would be the time to do it, to ask Mike Tannenbaum anything when it comes to the NFL. So – you were talking about how sometimes with some franchises, what they do, and there's a history of this, where, as we just talked about, you trade up for a quarterback, and now five of the, the last five quarterbacks that a team traded up for in the top three have all, are all now with different teams, not their original teams. So basically, it didn't work out. But you've said there are, there's a history also of franchises that misevaluate their quarterbacks, and you're wondering if the Jets did that. I think we were, none of us are wondering it. We probably all feel that way. The Jets did that with Sam Darnold. Yeah, guys, uh, I learned this from Coach Parcells in the formative years of my career. He always talked about the opportunity of new head coaches, new GMs, misevaluating their own. And specifically, in 1998, we were at the Jets, Coach Parcells, Coach Belichick. The New York Jets in 1996 won one game. And in 1998, Vinny Testaverde was cut by the Baltimore Ravens in June. Glenn Foley was going to be our presumptive starter. We signed Vinny Testaverde to a very reasonable contract in June. And he led us to the championship game that year, guys, yeah. that year. So two years ago, one win, Rich Kotite, the whole thing, goodbye. And what happens? We go to the championship game. And when you look at the recent history, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, Drew Brees' career going, obviously, to the Hall of Fame after leaving the Chargers. When 
teams misevaluate their own and don't develop their own players or release players incorrectly, it creates massive opportunities for other teams. And over the next couple of weeks, and I've been there, we're going to scour every little tidbit of, hey, the backup corner at Boise State had a bad Achilles his junior year, but he's really a good player. And yet the Jets may have let Sam Darnold walk out the door for a couple of, you know, some decent picks, but let's face it, not tremendous amount of compensation. And my question, if I'm Woody and Chris Johnson, is before I sign off on this trade, I'm looking Robert Sala in the eye, I'm looking Michael LaFleur in the eye and saying, give me your process that you went through to come to this decision because you've had very little contact with Sam Darnold because of COVID protocols. So how do we know that here's a guy that's high character, here's a guy that has all the ability in the world, what was the process that led us to this decision and why don't we hold on to him? And, you know, Mel Kuyper was, spoke quite a bit about this, about keeping him and drafting Zach Wilson. But my point very fundamentally from an ownership GM management standpoint, guys, is this. What was your process to let this guy walk out the door? And that would scare me to death because, again, I'm not blaming the Jets because, let's face it, COVID is what it is. But how do you know? Like, how does Robert Sala know when his head hits the pillow that Sam Darnold's not going to turn into the next Drew Brees? See, I, I believe that they both, whether it's Sala or it's Joe Douglas, they both understand and know that Sam Darnold is a baller. And they know that where, when he goes to Carolina, he's going to have a tremendous season. And it's going to put a lot of pressure on them because they weren't ready to win with the rest of the pieces on the roster. When you talk about Drew Brees, you know, the, the, the Chargers were in a unique situation. They had the second pick or the first pick of the draft, I believe, that year, right? Because they took Eli, then they traded. But then when you look at it, so that made Drew Brees expendable because Drew Brees was coming up against a, a contract. And we know all things always circle back to money. So I think this was something that was a Joe Douglas call because he understands that he buys himself more time by selling hope and also by resetting the clock monetarily because now you don't have to address picking up a, a, a um, option on Sam Darnold. So that gives you the flexibility and the opportunity to make more picks and go get more veteran players to build around. When you moved up and you got Mark Sanchez, what allowed you to continue to go get out a, a Braylon Networks to be able to sign Antonio Cromartie was the fact that you did you were paying virtually nothing at the quarterback position. So I think that, you know Douglas saw an opportunity to give itself more options for for room for failure because if you you know sign Sam Darnold or if you bring in a guy like Deshaun Watson, the winning better start very shortly after. This gives some time to kick the can down the road. Now, I, I wish that they would have kept Sam Darnold because I felt like the options of moving back and getting a haul that San Francisco was willing to give up was probably the best value and the best move and gave you the more options if Deshaun Watson failed to you, if you look at maybe Russell Wilson next year being available to you. But I think that they thought, okay, well, because we have the second pick, we have opportunity much like Indianapolis had because Peyton Manning still could play. We didn't know about the neck. But you, how do you pass on Andrew Luck? And I don't know why they're viewing Zach Wilson as an Andrew Luck type of prospect. The fact that we've always known about Andrew Luck, the fact that we've always known about Lawrence, we don't know anything about Zach Wilson long, long term, but they're hitching their wagon to it. Mike, I also noticed that with with uh, with your mock, that even with the trade, you still have Carolina taking a quarterback at number eight. You feel like that they still also have to do that, despite having a twenty three year old they just traded for. 
Yeah, absolutely. And David Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers. He's made a lot of money in hedge funds. And if he was looking at his team as a portfolio and you have assets, Sam Darnold may turn out to be a really good quarterback. We just talked about that. He has one more year to go. He has this year and next year on his contract. I think Justin Fields has a chance to be a really good quarterback. I think he's going to be there at eight. Certainly with Chris Morrison's report about Kyle Pitts, that gives me even more confidence that Fields could be there at eight. Why not? Justin Fields is a young quarterback. Bart just alluded to the salary cap uh, implications of having a great quarterback on a rookie contract. And if we spin, spin this story forward, guys, and we're sitting here next April, there's very few quarterbacks in the first round. So if Sam Darnold plays well and you have Justin Fields on a rookie contract, you've now turned the most important position from a weakness to a strength. Mm-hmm. And that's what team building is about. And who knows what you could get. I mean, to Bart's point, look what San Francisco gave up for a guy in Mac Jones that a lot of people a couple months ago thought was maybe in the middle of the first round. That Imagine if right. Sam Darnold plays great. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to be 24 next year. Yeah, that's true too. But it is amazing that the scenario that you have for Carolina, the Jets could have had, but decided to go in a different direction. All right, so coming up next now is your chance. Get the calls going. Ask Mike Tannenbaum anything. Ask the GM anything. This is your opportunity. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I want to see if somebody can stump him. Mike T never seems to ever get rattled. I mean, this is a guy that you're, if you're in the negotiating table, I have a feeling. <laughs> poker face, you never get him rattled. I want to see if anybody can get him rattled this morning. Let's, let's just get this thing going. All right, we'll discuss that with him. We'll get your calls. We'll get that moving after this from Straight Talk Wireless. So it's time for some Straight Talk. Sure, saving money feels good. But cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth inning, good. Okay, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's Best Networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. This year, it's like nuts. Trevor Lawrence and then everybody else. Mike Jones is really the one that's most interesting to me right now. The Jets and Zach Wilson is a marriage that I think makes all sorts of sense beginning in 2021. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Curry off the screen, takes a jumper, it's up and good! A two for Curry, just inside the arc on the left side. Warriors lead by three, minute five to go. 95-7, the game had the call. Steph Curry had 41 points against the Bucks. It was his 42nd career 40-point game. 30 of them came in the second half. He now leads the NBA with four 30-point halves this season, getting it done by himself as the Young Warriors beat the Bucks 122 to 111. On to Brooklyn, James Harden now will miss at least 10 days with a hamstring injury. Harden left Monday's game against the Knicks, and an MRI on Tuesday revealed a right hamstring strain. The Nets play the Pelicans tonight, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, that, of course, Eastern Time. Two women who filed lawsuits against Deshaun Watson have spoken out. Ashley Solis spoke in the news conference while Lauren Baxley wrote a letter to Watson in her news conference. Solis said, I suffer from panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. I'm in counseling as a result of Sean Watson's actions. I hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on me emotionally and physically. I hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on these other survivors. Sports Center brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use code KJZ to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, the countdown is on to the 2021 NFL Draft. Join me, L. Duncan, Kevin Degani, full coverage of the first three rounds on ESPN Radio. From key quarterback selections to blockbuster trades and instant pick-by-pick reaction from Mike Tannenbaum, Bart Scott, and Ian Fitzsimmons. Don't miss a moment of your team's draft day decisions that will shape the future of the franchise. Coverage begins Thursday, April 29th, 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. KJZ, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, Mike Tannenbaum joining us here as well. And both of you are involved in the draft coverage on ESPN Radio, as you just heard there. Mike, this will be, be a very busy draft. There's no doubt about it, especially at the top. You looking forward to that coverage? I think he said can't wait, but yeah. we couldn't hear him. I don't think he can hear us. It's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Can, oh yeah. You. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I said, I can't wait. No, okay. it's uh <laughs> should be a lot of fun and really l- looking forward to working with Bart. Who's been a, a good friend and a teammate for a long time. And he makes me better. It makes me smile. And uh, to work with Ellen, Kevin should be a lot of fun. And Ian Fitzsimmons always has just great stories. And uh, you know, unfortunately with the pandemic, we couldn't be together last year and looking forward to being together. I believe we'll be in uh, Bristol for it. And look, it's going to be just absolutely fascinating in terms of how this is going to unfold, just given the fact that, you know, quarterbacks, quarterback, quarterbacks, and then how does Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, uh, you know, impact this drama? Yeah, all right. We look forward to that coverage for sure and getting you two back together in the studio. Run it back. So, you ready now to do a little Ask the GM, Mike T? (laughs) Let's do this. Let's see who's bringing it this morning. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We begin Josiah in Columbus, ask the GM anything. Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, so not too tricky, but with what the moves, uh, with the moves that the Bengals have made this offseason, what do you see as a better choice for the Bengals? I was thinking Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell. Uh, also, where does Zach Wilson come from? 
<laughs> so uh, th those are great questions. Uh, I don't think the Bengals have had a good offseason. I would have kept Lawson. They signed Trey Hendrickson. I would have kept uh, William Jackson. They signed uh, Chidobia Wuzier. This has to be Panay Sewell. You know, we go back a year ago and Zach Taylor threw the ball all over the lot with a rookie quarterback. They moved on from Andy Dalton. Joe Burrow got hurt, which was unfortunately predictable. This needs to be Panay Sewell. This gives them the best chance. I don't care if the United States Olympic track team is available. If we can't protect <laughs> Joe Burrow, nothing else matters. That's a good one. Let's go to Eric in Chicago. Ask the GM anything. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I think I'm going to stump him. Uh, what the hell is Ryan Pace doing? That's all I got. <laughs> I think we're all asking <laughs> that question, Eric. Yeah, you know what's interesting? We, we talked about it this morning uh, just in terms of Mitch Trubisky. Could he and Sam Darnold be those quarterbacks like Drew Brees, like Ryan Tannehill, that do better someplace else? When you put Mitch Trubisky's production on paper – it's better than what Andy Dalton was last year, and he's been a better pro than Sam Darnold. That's just the facts. Um, it hasn't been perfect by any stretch, and I still think they need a quarterback. I don't think they could get to where they want to go with Andy Dalton, so I don't know if they're going to trade up or maybe they trade back into that Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask group of quarterbacks, but clearly to me, that's the position they need to address. All right, on KJZ, we continue with Ask the GM Anything. Ian is in Pennsylvania. Ian. What's happening, guys? Uh, do me a favor, bring Gog back for morning. I missed the guy. But uh, my Steelers at 23, with the signing of B.J. Finney and them covering the interior line, should we be comfortable with Alex Highsmith or should we take a pass rusher? Yeah, Ian, great question. I, I would say go with Creed Humphrey, University of Oklahoma. He's a center. He has a wrestling background. And when you think about all the great teams that the Steelers have had, it starts right down the middle. Hall of Fame quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame coach and Mike Tomlin, but also Marquise Pouncey. And that, to me, is a big concern. You have an aging quarterback that is not nearly the athlete he once was. I would take Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. Bart mentioned it earlier. You get some of these offensive linemen. They're plug-and-play players. He could be there for a long time. All right, we keep moving. Alfred in Maryland. Alfred, ask the GM anything. Hey, good morning. I wanted to ask about the Lions. What what do you think they stand and what actually we need to get advanced in the playoffs? Everything. <laughs> yeah, no, great question. I, I, I like Dan Campbell a lot. He stands for toughness, and that's why I would take Jalen Waddell, quarterback, uh, wide receiver from Alabama. They signed Tyrell Williams. They have moved on from Kenny Galladay. I think when you look at a guy like Jalen Waddell, he is not only fast, but he's tough. He was in the championship game playing on one leg. Dan Campbell was our interim head coach in Miami. He stands for toughness. Let's see what Jared Goff has. But let's go get him someone like Tyreek Hill, but someone who's actually just as fast but even tougher. Mike Tannenbaum, RGM, and he's unflappable. I mean, he hasn't changed his expression the whole time. Not even a Where's beat of sweat, nothing. And these are rapid-fire calls. We stay in Maryland. <laughs> Allen in Maryland. Ask the GM anything. <laughs> Allen in Maryland. Going once. Come on, man. All right, you're out. What we move old, on. What the old man's going on in we Maryland? We go to Pennsylvania. Alex in PA. Ask the GM anything. Yeah, good morning. Who do you guys think the Dolphins should take with their first pick? I, th I think, Alex, it's no question. Yeah, it's a uh, explosive playmaker, and I think they're hoping and expecting that either 
As we've talked about all morning, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, who is just measurables off the charts. Or if he's not available, look for Jamar Chase, receiver LSU. He opted out. But when you look at how great Justin Jefferson was this year for Minnesota, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is better. Um, he has rare body control, guys. I know the time speed is great under a 4-4, but his body control of me is really rare. Mike T., as usual, cool, calm, and collected, especially under pressure. The callers came at you. You had answers for everything. Very impressive segment there. Very impressive. You know what we're going to do? We're going to let you go for the morning. Thanks so much for joining us as always. We appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. And just uh, tell Coach Franklin I'm married to an insane, nutty, nitty lion. She's the biggest James Franklin fan. So let let, let him know that Michelle Tannenbaum is uh, rooting hard for him uh, down here in South Florida. All right, perfect. That's a perfect segue, too, to bring him in. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive. Dot com. It's KJZ, Alan Hahn, Bart Scott in for the guys. And, yes, we are joined right now by Penn State coach James Franklin, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. So, Coach, welcome. Good morning. Good to talk to you. Is this uh, Are we getting back to linebacker you out there at State College? Well, appreciate the opportunity to be on. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a good run. You know, we've been we've been fortunate that way, obviously, uh, at Penn State for a long time, and obviously now with Micah Parsons, a young man that I think uh, has got a chance to you know get drafted really high and have a a great NFL career. He's freakishly athletic. You know, if the Big Ten hadn't uh, canceled the season and 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 Micah uh, opted out, you know, probably would have played him at kickoff return this year. Would have used him a little bit at running back. You know, just a guy that can do so many different things. Now, Coach, what do you see as best fit in the NFL? Is he a 3-4 linebacker or a 4-3 linebacker? Is he a guy that can you know, go on a sink front, rush off the edge, or is he better off the ball? Well, I think that's the thing that, that's so special about him and, and why people feel so highly about him. I think he can do a lot of different things. I think he could be a 3-4 uh, backer. I think he can be a 4-3 uh, backer. Um, he literally – um, you know, when we recruited him out of high school, he went to Harrisburg High School. He played defensive end and running back, and that's how everybody, you know, you know, was kind of looking at him as a defensive end in college. If, if you're interested and you have some free time, just go back and watch his highlights from high school. They're pretty impressive as a tailback. But we thought his ability to play tailback would allow him to play linebacker, and we had a need at linebacker, so we put him there. But he's kind of got the body. If he wanted to be 260 pounds, he could be 260 pounds. Um, you know, he's just he's just that type of athlete. And I think that's why so many people, you know, are attracted to him uh, because I think he can fit so many different spots in so many different systems. KJZ, ESPN Radio, Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, former NFL linebacker, pro bowler, Bart Scott. So he certainly loves talking to Penn State because that is linebacker you. And we have Penn State football coach James Franklin on with us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. You said something that caught my attention. So if, if, if Micah had played this year, not only linebacker, you would have used him at running back as well. Is that something that's like, is that a feature of it? I know he played in high school, but usually you start to specialize once you get to college. What is it about him that makes him that special? You could have used him on both sides of the scrimmage. Well, 246 pounds would run four, three, six. That helps with it a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, you know, I just think it, it comes down to this. You know, we have really good running backs at Penn State. So, 
it's hard to play guys in multiple spots like that. But, you know, Mike had been here a number of years, and, you know, um, I thought he had the potential to do some big things with the ball in his hand. And, you know, what you don't want to do with young players is you don't want to put too much on their plate, and they end up, you know, never being able to master one. But once you feel like a guy's done a really good job and, you know, really understands his job and his responsibility on one side of the ball, then maybe you can put a little bit more on his plate, especially when they're a unique talent. So, uh, you know, the, the other thing I want people to understand is, is Michael would have played this year if the Big Ten would have handled, um, you know, the pandemic like a lot of other conferences and, and, and delayed before making any decisions uh, Michael would have played this year, you know, um, but since since the Big Ten canceled the season, uh, Michael left, went and started training um, and, uh, you know, took took those, uh, you know, took those investments from, uh, you know, from a uh, agent and was training and getting ready for the draft. And for him to come back, he would have had to pay back that money. And, and Micah and his family just weren't in position to do that. So if the Big Ten would have never done that, Michael would have played. I think that's important because I do think there's a little bit of a feeling out there with players that opted out. You know, why did you do that? And and I just want people to understand that about Micah. Well, the the, the pandemic definitely put a wrench in a lot of players' plans. Um, but you know, when you look at the positive part, it allowed him to stay healthy. It allowed him to let whatever injuries that he had that's always nagging athletes to heal up. But um, what about some of the other prospects that you have there that player that teams may not know about? Because I feel what got really hurt in the process is the fact that guys didn't be able to weren't able to show the improvement that they made from year to year, which we know can be tremendous from one season to the next. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about we didn't have other other guys that opted out. I'm not I'm not sure what you're what you're asking. Well, 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 I'm asking about you know other guys that maybe the the regular fan may not know about on your on your team that you know may go underneath the radar that are very, very good football players, but because of the unique situation, especially in the Big Ten, you know, really didn't get the opportunity to display, you know, how much improvement they have had. Well, we got some guys that, that you know, um, that also are being highly regarded. So you got, you know, Jason Oway is our defensive end that, you know, people are talking about as a possible first-round draft choice based on his testing that did not did not have um, the production that's been the knock on Jason as a pass rusher this year, but graded out extremely high as a run defender the year before uh, had a you know had a significant impact as as a pass rusher. So uh, Jason's a guy I think that's got you know really really high stock. Is really a guy that I think if would have came back would have jump, jumped into a top fifteen type of pick. So it gives you the ability to. You know, get a a high impact player guy who's you know again 265 pounds, ran 439. Um, you know, 4-3 defensive end, 3-4 outside linebacker type of guy. So he's a guy that a lot of people are talking about. Um, you know, obviously we got Shaka Tony's another defensive end who tested really well for us, um, and a lot of people are are excited about him as well. We got two offensive linemen and Michael Bennett and um and Will Fries. Um, you know, we got a safety, uh, you know, Lamont Wade. So we we got a number of guys that are getting a significant interest and and have done some really good things with the pro day. And then obviously 
uh, our All-American tight end, Pat Fryer, moved who some people are talking about as a first-round draft choice. So there's a number of guys uh, you know, with different kind of experience level and, uh, and different buzz out there nationally, um, kind of all over the map from first round all the way down. Talking with James Franklin on KJZ. He's the Penn State head football coach. It's Alan Hahn and Bart Scott in for the guys, ESPN Radio. I, I'm curious about something that has been talked about. There's two things going on right now with college sports, not just football, but all in sports. One of them is a transfer portal that, like in basketball, it's become a major issue. You know, the, we've heard some coaches talking about that. But the other one involves the name, image, and likeness uh, story that everybody is still waiting for that to to come to fruition. How much have you talked to your players about that? How much have you uh, kept an eye on that with your guys and your program? Yeah, I think everybody is is watching these things very, very closely. And I, you know, I think the challenge is is you got different states that are coming up with with different recommendations for it. Um, but I think there, it really is to the point where you're looking to get some some help uh, from the federal government and, and how you want to handle it. You know, when you talk about um, amateurism and, and how that, you know, uh, how that plays out, uh, you know, when you're talking about, you know, Title IX uh, and how that plays out, uh, you know, when you're talking about kind of the impact of, of other sports on your campus, when you talk about taxes, um, you know, and are we going to get into the student athletes now having to pay tax? Um, you know, there's just so many things that 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 factor in here. Um, are there limits on it? Um, you know, how do you how do you control um, a university's booster is paying uh, for name, image, and likeness of a of an athlete and they're really not paying for the name, image, and likeness. It's a way to funnel money to them. Um, so it's just it's 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 much more complex than I think people think and understand when you just hear things about this. I think in theory it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense, and I think really in theory everybody that I know and talk to is is completely comfortable with it. Um, but it's it's how do you do it uh, within our current model? Um, without without destroying the the entire model and and for there not being some unforeseen consequences to the student athletes, um, you know that that they're not that they're not aware of. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. One one of the things that I always find interesting is people talk about well you you can't really do this because the student athletes are not allowed to go to the NFL. Um, you know, they're, they're not allowed to go. So you can't say the student athlete can't go to the NFL and then, you know, limit their opportunity to earn. Well, that, that's not an NCAA rule. That, that's, a, that's a players association rule. Um, and I think a lot of times things get mixed up, whether it's an NCAA rule, whether it's an NFL rule, whether it's a players association rule. There's so many things that kind of factor in here. Um, and things just kind of get thrown in one big bucket, and I'm not sure if people understand kind of really where they come from. You know what, Coach? It's it's funny. That's what happens in these conversations, right? We only see the headline. What you also, what you just brought to the conversation is, hey, by the way, there's other things you got to consider. The tax part of it certainly, but the booster thing you brought up as well. It's another way to cheat. Is basically what you're saying. And it is something that certainly has to be discussed when we do discuss this because it's, in theory, a great idea. But let's remember there's always the underbelly that you can't forget about and making sure that 
there isn't uh, some other things that get involved in this that you know create an imbalance that that you don't want to have in college sports. Great to talk to you, Coach. Thanks so much. We appreciate some time this morning. Appreciate it, guys. Have a wonderful day. You too. All right, that's James Franklin, Penn State football coach. It's Alan Hahn, Bart Scotts. We are in for KJZ, ESPN Radio, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. So, J. Will, as everybody, uh, as I mentioned, he and his wife, Nikki, expecting their second child any day now, any moment now. Uh-huh. I'm actually waiting for the text, wishing them all night. the best. Keyshawn will be back with us next week, certainly as well, so we will hold it down in the meantime. Um, Bart, on on the what, what he just talked about with name, image, and likeness, that is also part of it. Yeah, It's like, okay, all right, so a booster's now going to say – all right, I'm going to give you, you know, a million dollars for your name, you know, so I yeah, can use your name perfect. in an ad, and it's like completely imbalanced. But that can happen too, so it they've got to have some restrictions. <laughs> it's, to a, it. it's always extremes, right? Because yeah. you can have somebody's a ba- always going to bend yeah. the rules, but you can have a bagel, no cream cheese. It's like it's like, come on, man, we can find a happy medium. No rule is perfect, you know. No system is perfect. It's always going to be loopholes where you have people that's finding ways around it. But I don't think that the athlete should suffer because we can't find a proper loophole. It's always going to be in proper balance. Like half the people go out to Oregon because of the shoe deal, because they want to be associated with Nike and the uniforms and the facilities. Right? It's always going to be disparity when you think about. What about taxes? I mean, come on. What man. about that? No, you're earning. You're earning on your name. It's still earning. You have to pay taxes on it, won't well, you? Well, well, pay taxes then. And, you know, I think I think that right, athlete, so you don't see that's a big deal. That's not a big deal to you. I, I, I believe that athletes should get paid anyway. You know, what I mean, I feel like it. Student maybe, athletes. Yeah, I think it should be. You know, they bring a lot of money. They generate a lot of money. Same money that the NFL brings. But you know, you think about what you're paying sm- for labor. Keep in mind, though, and I'm not against it, but it is something you have to consider. That's not a large percentage of athletes that are on revenue generating sports in college sports there's right. very few it's in in the grand scheme yeah, of it but th- but that's those, a small but, amount of people but those pay for everybody else as well yeah right? so you think about the football and the basketball program everybody but else the, is the already point is though is that it would be a rule for everyone and that could mean somebody somewhere could cheat and just funnel some money to a player to get them to my school Man, guess what alan they cheating anyway <laughs> is that what, that's what we're they, gonna they're do cheating anyway they're so cheating you might anyway, as well so let, the athlete, let it happen listen athletes shouldn't be sitting up there surf, suffering i should be eating ramen noodles there's, when meanwhile my head coach can pay 10 million dollars that part i agree but there just needs more to discuss on it will the Fal- falcons trade out a number four pick we'll discuss